invite you to remain standing for our scripture reading, which comes from Luke 24, verses 28 through 35. When they came to Emmaus, he acted as if he were going on ahead, but they, near, they urged him, saying, Stay with us, it's nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. After he took his seat at the table with them, he took the bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. They said to each other, Weren't our hearts on fire when he spoke to us along the road and when he explained the scriptures for us? They got up right then and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying to each other, The Lord really has risen. He appeared to Simon. Then the two disciples described what had happened along the road and how Jesus was made known to them as he broke the bread. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. If I can invite you to be seated, please. Good morning. It's good being here with you all this morning as we're gathering here together to worship and study God's word with each other. For those of you that were listening to the scripture reading and thought, uh, did, is he repeating himself? Um, from last week's reading, and I'll just confess and say yes. Uh, I did repeat a portion of our gospel reading from last Sunday today. I'll be honest, as I was working on last Sunday's sermon and the Emmaus Road experience where Jesus uh, encountered these two disciples on the road, um, I realized that we need to spend more time in this story, specifically the part where Jesus sits down at the conclusion of their journey and shares uh, with the disciples in a meal. Or at least he didn't share. He broke the bread, their eyes were opened, and the scripture tells us that he left from them. But last week we read uh, this entire portion of scripture. And just a quick reminder, Luke writes that two disciples are traveling. This is the afternoon of Easter Sunday, and so the resurrection of Jesus is still fresh. They haven't had any opportunity to hear anything else or to experience anything else. And so uh, they're traveling this afternoon, and they're heading from Jerusalem to a small community called Emmaus. Um, some biblical scholars think they found it. Others think they have not in the uh, region surrounding Jerusalem. So uh, it could be one of those pretty neat discoveries down the road if they find an ancient church and an archaeological site that they're able to track, about and track back and date it or think that it may be the place um, where Jesus gathered with these disciples at Emmaus. But uh, these two disciples, Cleopas and an unnamed disciple, are walking along. And they're discovering, discussing everything that they've experienced in the city over the past few days. And so this means that they are discussing the beginning, the betrayal of Jesus. They're discussing his trial. They're discussing his crucifixion. And they're also discussing, I am sure, the news that they have been told by the women and then also Simon Peter about the tomb being found empty. And so along the way, a man joins them on their journey and walks with them and says, what are you all discussing? We know from Scripture that uh, the man was Jesus, but we also know, because Luke writes in the Scripture, that it says they were prevented from recognizing him. And so as Jesus walks along with them, he explains to them the significance of what has just occurred in terms of his life and his ministry and his betrayal and his crucifixion and then his resurrection. And as he does so, he points their eyes to the entire gamut of Scripture from the book of Genesis all the way until, you know, the entire Old Testament, because obviously there's no New Testament for Jesus to talk to them about. And he gets them to see that everything in it is oriented towards the coming of the Messiah and the actions that they have just seen and they have just experienced and they were talking about. 
And so as these disciples heard Jesus' teaching and explanation, they heard it as knowledge. God hadn't changed their hearts. And for them, being there on the road, the events of the past few days and even the resurrection of Jesus was just head knowledge, wasn't it? It was academic knowledge. It was a story that they had heard that had not gone to the place that had changed their heart. Although we will see in a minute how sitting down with Jesus was the part that changed their lives and also their eyes and their hearts as everything was open and they were able to truly see and feel what they already knew in their minds. And that was that the tomb was empty and that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. So for us to think about this morning's meal, we have to think about why this morning's meal is important. And you can go and look in Genesis chapter 3 because this meal bookends that meal. In Genesis 3, we read about after uh, how God had created the heavens and the earth. He created the earth, the animals, the plants. Uh, He had created humans. He had rested. And then in Genesis 3, we read about a meal where it says, The woman saw that the tree was beautiful with delicious food, and the tree would provide wisdom. So she took some of the fruit and ate it, and also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. And so they both were able to see clearly. They saw that they were naked, naked, just kidding. And they sewed fig leaves together and they made garments for themselves, right? And we know from study of scripture that this meal is the very reason that God put into work the plan that we read about in the entire scripture from the book of Genesis on to be in relationship with his people, to be in covenant with his people, to... uh, offer his people an opportunity to respond to him and to live our lives in response to all that he has and does for us. But it's all because of this meal in Genesis 3, where Adam and Eve knowingly took, partook of this fruit. It's because of that meal that death began, that sin was placed between humanity and God. Instead of a relationship that, that was supposed to be unencumbered and free, we see instead an, a time of separation that is placed between us and the Creator. And see, it's because of that meal that you and I are able, reading, are able to read the Scripture that we're reading today in Luke 24. A meal where Luke shares with us a different plan of God and of Jesus. A meal that signifies that that the new creation that God is bringing forth through His Son Jesus in this meal where Jesus comes to the table with these two disciples, after they have begged him to come into the house, after he has said, oh, I'm going to go on, I'm still going, and they say, no, no, the day is almost over, come in and share a meal with us. And the scripture says that after he took, took a seat at his table with them, he took bread, he blessed it and broke it, and gave it to them, and their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Oh, so it's in this meal that the two disciples discovered That the long curse, the long separation that had been placed between God and humanity was gone. It was in this meal that they discovered that death was broken, that death was defeated. And instead of death, they were being given a new creation, a new life, and a new possibility. This is the beginning of a new world that you and I are reading because Jesus is alive. And he's not alive if you read in the scriptures like Jairus' daughter who was risen from the dead and then 
you know, we don't hear anything else about her, although we know what happens. He's not alive like the book of, of 1 Kings where the widow of Nain's son is, is dead and Elijah goes and raises him from the dead. He's not alive like Lazarus where uh, Jesus goes and raises his good firm Lazarus from death. When we say Jesus is alive, we say Jesus is always alive. And his resurrection, unlike the widow of Nain's son or um, Lazarus or Jairus' daughter, his resurrection is eternal. Theirs were temporary. But Jesus has gone through death and in coming, in resurrecting, he has brought forth a new world and a new relationship and he is transformed. And so Luke tells this story in, in a way that, that you and I can be in it. As we listen to this word and as we receive the hope that, that our hearts are going to burn within us. Not because we're just growing in our knowledge of the Bible, but our hearts are warmed because our knowledge is being taken and multiplied by God and nurtured by God and the power of God's Spirit within us. So that when we read passages of Scripture that are both old and new, God's Spirit will work as our head faith is brought together with our heart faith. And what that does is it enables us to live an entire whole body faith. But it begins at the meal. Where we're invited to know Jesus as He breaks bread and blesses, as He blesses it and breaks bread and gives it to the disciples. Because it's only then that these two disciples, who were not one of the original twelve, who very likely, they wouldn't have been in the upper room for the Last Supper. They wouldn't have celebrated the Passover Jesus. They were probably uh, followers. But it's then that their eyes were opened. And they were able to recognize and experience the resurrected Christ in the breaking of bread. And see, in Luke, there's another meal where Jesus' followers were able to recognize him in the breaking of bread. If you look at the very beginning of, of Luke chapter 9, Jesus was teaching near the Sea of Bethsaida, which is located near the Sea of Galilee. And as he was teaching throughout the day, you can see, I like this kind of abstract photo, but you can see how the crowd kept growing. And as he taught, the crowd kept growing. And people kept coming throughout the day as he was teaching. And as the day was ending, the disciples came to Jesus and, and told him, you need to wrap it up. I don't know if they said it like that. But I, I think we know what they said, don't we? It's time to start wrapping it up so that the crowds can disperse. So that they could go find lodging, they could go find food for the night, or if they were close enough, so that they could walk home. And Jesus tells them, give this crowd something to eat. This story is familiar to many of us. It's a Sunday school story. It's one we hear often where, Jesus found, where the, crowd, or the disciples found five loaves and two fish and told Jesus, there's no way we can provide food for everybody. The count was 5,000 men without counting the women and children. And Luke writes this, He took the five loaves and two fish, looked up to heaven, blessed them and broke them, and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. Everyone ate until they were full, and the disciples filled 12 baskets with the leftovers. 
Immediately following this miracle, Jesus took the, took, um, took the disciples off. He took them away. And he asked them, what do the people say about me? What are they saying who I am? And do you remember what Simon Peter said? He said, you're the Messiah. The Christ, the Son of God. But see, it took Jesus breaking the bread and blessing it and sharing it with his disciples for them to recognize who he truly was. Whether it was in Luke 9, when the crowds were gathered there and they needed food to eat, or whether it was in um, Luke uh -oh, 22, which is where Jesus celebrated the Passover. If anyone goes and checks and I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Um, I think it's Luke 22 where the Passover is celebrated and their eyes were opened as they recognized who he was, the 12 that were gathered there together before Judas left to betray him. Or if it's in Luke 24. Friends, whenever we break the bread, our eyes are open. And we are able to recognize Jesus in a different way, in a real way, in a new way. And so every time we share it, it's because Luke intends for us. He intends for us to see in this meal the opportunity that we have to experience grace. The disciples that we read about today, as I mentioned, were not part of the original 12. They wouldn't have had the Last Supper. They wouldn't have been in the upper room. But they still recognized Jesus as he shared a meal with them in the same way that he had likely done all along throughout his entire ministry. And so as they shared this meal... It became a means or a way in which they recognized him, in which they experienced his grace, in which they encountered him, and by which they grew in their faith. And though he was no longer physically present, Jesus instructed his followers to use this meal to discover his presence in and through them and in and through him as they broke bread and shared together as we're going to do today. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 42, Luke writes that this meal became a defining feature of the church. The believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the community, to their shared meals, and to their prayers. Friends, it's in both the Scripture and the sacrament that we recognize Jesus. It's in the Word and it's in the meal that we were able to experience the center of Christian living as Luke understood it and as the disciples taught it. Without Scripture, the breaking of bread or the sacrament is just a superstitious meal. Without sacrament, the Scripture that we read is just book knowledge or an intellectual exercise that does not have the potential to change our lives. But together... Together we experience the grace of God. We experience His Son, Jesus Christ. And we recognize His presence in our lives through something even as simple as bread. And so it's in the breaking of bread that you and I participate in the one act that allows us to experience and allows us to recognize Jesus Christ. 
In his book to the Corinthian church, Paul writes what he believed of communion and what he learned. Now these are likely the words that had been passed on to him from Luke and the other disciples, as well as others who had actually traveled with Jesus and witnessed firsthand for themselves his ministry 